time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you. It's another Monday. It's time for a podcast. I love doing these things, and I love hearing from so many of you. We could just go on and on about that. So it's Monday, May 24th, 2021. This year is going fast enough. Do not need to push it. Anyway, this podcast is created by Mortgage Professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're so grateful to have you as our listener. I got to give a shout out to Emily Farley, who has been an Atlantic Bay, who's been a faithful listener for a long, long time. We're hearing from so many many of you. And so she represents just a large population. In fact, so much so that we're going to have her come on as a guest and talk about some things as I'm getting to know her, some of the things she's doing in leadership within her company at Atlantic Bay. It's really exciting. And of course, she's very complimentary of what the podcast has done for her and her company. So we're really excited to have you as our listeners. Again, of course, it highlights our commitment to you is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime, anywhere. Our hot topic this week is with Stephen Cooley, back by popular demand. He's the founder and CEO of Art versus Math. What does that have to do with mortgage lending? Well, stay tuned. It's really, really excellent how he thinks. We're talking about what does disruption really mean, as well as what should mortgage tech be doing with their digital marketing? Again, it's a marketing focus, which is kind of what we did last week. And we're going to continue on that venue just a little bit. So anyway, the market has slowed down for some at the beginning of the year, not for everyone. Certainly our clients are doing really, really well. So let's a couple thank yous. Industry Syndicate, love you guys for promoting our podcast. Check out industrysyndicate.com and all the podcasts are there. I saw an interesting article that in Inman this week, and we put a link to it, and it's this. Is the inventory dam about to burst? And it's really looking at the soaring cost of what's going on with home prices to build new homes and soaring home price appreciation. But they're talking about what could contribute to the bursting of the inventory dam. In other words, inventory coming into the market. I thought it was an interesting article. I put it in the show notes. There's so many things. We're going to start trying to highlight some of the stuff that's catching our attention out there. Also, Consultants Day that Finastra is having at their office on July 22nd in Lake Mary, Florida. We'll have more details coming out here in a few weeks about that if you want to find out what's going on at Finastra. Gives you as a lender, you as a consultant, insights into what's happening with one of the leading tech companies. And they have some breaking news that we're looking forward to break here on the podcast. Also, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. So grateful for them. Be sure to sign up for the Mortgage Action Alliance. You do not have to be a member of the MBA, although you should be to get access to this app and have your voice heard on the Hill with senators and all the legislators voting on bills impacting our mortgage industry. Also, I want to say a special thank you to Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. Thrilled to have uh, membership in both of these excellent two co-ops. Lenders One's got their co-op coming up in August on site. We're going to be in Florida and I should have Mortgage Collaborative's information, but unfortunately I don't. I know they've got one plan coming up as well. So we're really excited about getting together. Mortgage Collaboratives is in 
California. The Lenders One is going to be on the opposite coast in Florida. Also, CMLA stands for Community Mortgage Lenders of America. Great association that is designed more for the independent mortgage banker. They work closely with the MBA on the Hill. So support these organizations. I encourage you to. They support us, and we encourage you to support them. As well as Indicom, they have some great technology. I love the bots that they do. They have bots to help you automating aspects of your business. You've got to check it out. Linda Bonemar and I were talking again about this the other day. We had Rachel Harris and Linda Bomar on May 3rd. Go back and listen to the podcast. We covered some of those services and technologies that Indicom brings and helps lenders. Of course, they're outsourcing too, so you can definitely use them in many, many fronts. Very large, very successful company, a dominant in the marketplace. Also, Incelerate, where leading edge technology, more expertise, and pre-designed campaigns come together to enhance the borrower engagement. Josh Friend did a great podcast, still getting downloads from August 17th last year. So check out that podcast from several months ago. Also, Knowledge Coop, if you're looking for a great trading program, what Ken Perry and his team of amazingly talented people has developed is very good. Check out the knowledgecoop.com. We're part of the Coop and we are part of their online training program. So we host material up there and we'll be hosting a lot more in years months ahead. Anyway, Mobility MMI, Mortgage Market Intelligence, is a great tool, as is Modex for recruiting and helping you in your recruiting needs. Check out both of these companies at our website, lickingonlending.com, as well as going to their independent websites. We use both of them. They're a great complement to each other, but you should, if you're needing recruiting tools, check these two out. Also, I want to say a special thank you to Alice, Alan, Matt, Rob, and Les for their contributions to the podcast each and every week. If you're listening live, stay right here. We're going to continue right on. If you're listening on a downloaded basis, move on to the next podcast because it's going to be what we're going to get into live here in just a minute. Again, appreciate you as a listener. Thank you so much. Listen to all of this and share this with others. All right, folks, it's time to get into the hot topics discussion of the Lickin' and Lending podcast. Again, it is Monday, the 24th, and we're excited to have as our special guest, Stephen Cooley, founder and CEO of Art versus Math. And we're going to be discussing what disruption really means. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about what his view is on the market. It's going to have a marketing slant on this discussion. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy this a lot. So, Stephen, good to have you back. It's been a couple of years, friend. Appreciate you having me back. This is going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, I look forward to talking to you about all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, there's so much. Your podcast, the last time we had you on as a guest, was downloaded a whole bunch. And there's a lot of people oh, awesome. looking at what is going to be disrupting the markets. And so I suspect this podcast is going to get a lot of downloads as well. But it's great to have you here. Well, first of all, let's talk about art versus math. Tell us a little bit about you, your background, and your beginnings in the mortgage world. Yeah, I cut my teeth in mortgage as a reverse mortgage call center loan officer at a little bank that some may know called Finance of America about <laughs> seven, eight years ago now. Yeah, that little bitty outfit on the East Coast. And so I led two digital marketing initiatives at the reverse mortgage level and then ultimately at the holding company level. And then the way I like to say it is they very kindly about two years ago allowed me to start my own company and Art vs. Math was born, which is simply a conceptual and kind of a philosophy of marketing where I believe that at any given time, the creative or the analytics, if you will, might be at odds with each other. And, and that culmination of those two is what leads to strong and interesting marketing and or advertising. And so that has kind of been the way that I've philosophized and led teams of marketers and whatnot throughout the years. And so taking that concept and then doing 
quite a bit of consulting work. And ultimately, last year, COVID was interesting for anybody that was in business. And for me, it led me to work with a lot of software companies and then ultimately kind of got the build bug again and built one of these products that we'll hopefully talk about a little bit later called Mortgage Advisor Tools. So I've been real fortunate and blessed, and I'm happy to, to still be in business. And well, I think it's not surprising. You're very much of an innovator. I think innovative people are going to have a great future in this industry. We certainly are. Our business grew during this time, dramatically grew yeah. during the COVID mess. But let's talk about technology. I'd love to get your take on this, but I'd like to hear what you see in the mortgage tech space. What's grabbing your attention, Stephen? What is grabbing my attention? I'll tell you this. So for about six months, I researched mortgage advisor tools has about 20 categories. We've pre-listed about 210 companies. And so I didn't come across those companies by happenstance. I had to actually kind of look into it and make discoveries. And I'll tell you a couple of key things that I discovered. One, there are definitely software companies out there that appear like they're dominating their domain. And the truth of it is you would be shocked at how many competitors they might have. You'd also be shocked at how long those competitors have actually been in business working with the mortgage industry. So that kind of blew me away is that there is quite a bit of alternatives to what you may believe as a strong presence in the mortgage space. So that really captivated me. The other thing that really surprised me is we talk about technology companies or software companies. We envision, if you have seen Alan mentioned Silicon Valley, and I just wrote a little blog about this, but you envision if you see the last scene of the, of the last season, I believe, where they're walking into that 100,000 square foot office space, and they just raised a fund of a trillion dollars, right? And they're going to have quite the snack bar and daycare for your puppy or your turtle or whatnot. So you envision these like magnificent technology software companies loaded with hundreds of people, and they're probably paying these half million dollar salaries. And I'll tell you, the majority of the technology companies that I have spoken to or engaged with over the last really 12 months, it more reflects season one of Silicon Valley, where it's like four guys sitting around the dining room table trying to figure out how to make the most noise possible or trying to figure out how to solve a very linear problem that is plaguing our industry. And then they may spawn into eight people. But that has been the folks that I've been speaking with over the last year is relatively small companies. Most of them are bootstrapping it or they have independent or family and friends money. And they are busting their tail to try to infiltrate the mortgage industry to solve these problems. And so I have this odd passion and heart for these companies because some of them are kind of the underdogs of the industry and they have these compelling solutions that are just absolutely fascinating and worth spending some time with. It really brings up an interesting point because what made Silicon Valley great was the startup working in the garage, sitting around there, the vision, the hope, the dream of transforming an industry. And then they've grown, they've gotten the valuations that are just what seem to be somewhat insane. And now it's seems the advantage has shifted over to those with the most amount of capital. Certainly that does have an advantage, but when it comes to technology, it really has been the underfunded ones that are the ones that seem to really bring the innovation that's what's needed. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah. I mean, they're able to be more nimble. They're able to solve kind of niche problems. They're able to attack things in a new way. As soon as you put an investor in anything, you've just added a new opinion. And so it can get a little tough. And those guys want their money back, which is pretty reasonable. 
a return of capital. And then, Christ, if you're returning it, then what's the return on capital? So those two are the primary points. It's not transforming the vision or anything like that. That's why I think there is, like you say, a decided advantage for those that are own free and clear. There's some great examples of that. Alan works for Open Close, own free and clear by a group of people, don't have outside capital. And I think that's some of the advantages. Alan, jump in on this discussion, please. Well, Stephen brings up uh, really good points. It is another opinion and you have to answer to a board and you're going to use the money to do something specific. That's why they came aboard. And so you have to execute on that plan. And when you time to shift and you realize that that plan may not be the plan. I've seen this. You've seen it as well, David. Now you have to sell the board on why you have to shift. What's different? So it is different, but those companies also have less opportunities. So they're not building it in a vacuum. Sometimes they're building something unique a true passion project. You need money to bring the right people in and you need money to to know more people to get that opportunity. So it is very difficult. I mean, look, we've got one vendor in our industry. They charge upwards of, God, almost six figures to partner with their platform. So how do you get into the industry when you have that roadblock there? Innovation comes hampered. Absolutely. So I was at Finance of America every Friday. I had Solicitation Friday. And so I would let anybody, and I mean anybody, pitch me on their product, on their business, on whatever they were doing. And the reason why I thought that was important is because even if it wasn't going to be applicable to roll out at an enterprise level or it wasn't going to be applicable for what we were doing specifically or what we had on our internal roadmap. Worst case scenario, I might walk away a little bit wiser as a result of that, or I might just learn about a new piece of technology that I could consider further down the road. Oftentimes, I would talk to companies that were just way too early, like AI content development. That's pretty cool stuff, but like that's a tall order, especially in a compliance-driven industry to say, hey, I'm going to have a robot write our content and publish it. What do you think? And I was like, well, what's it going to say? Like, we don't know. It's going to it's going to analyze the landscape and then and what we're doing, and then it's going to come up with a an amazing piece of content, and then we're going to network it. And it's going to be all through automation and, and artificial intelligence and learning yeah. and whatnot. So like, I think that that type of openness to technology is just so important because there is just so much. I heard you guys talking about bots and the artificial intelligence and then assistance and whatnot. Like that stuff's tricky in our industry, but it's becoming more and more necessary. How do you marry technology and people? I want to be really clear with our listeners. What we are not dissing is saying that some of the well, extremely well-funded, uber-funded mortgage initiatives are going to fail. That is not it. Oftentimes, they get bought up by the bigger companies once there is a proof of concept. And many of them are hoping for that. The startups are hoping for that. So, I mean, we're looking for the innovation. I look for the innovation sometimes in the smaller, more of the startup, underfunded, capitalized one. It's just sorting out which one it is. And then sometimes I go like, why take a gamble? That's the one that knows more about the space. The larger, well-funded companies, you all know what I'm talking about. We got Black Knight and Ice Mortgage Services are at the top of the list on both both of those. There's others out there. But you start looking at this, but should you wait where you should be? I like the idea of what you were doing is looking at everything and just having a presentation Friday. That's great, whatever you called it. But then let's get on to what should mortgage tech be doing in their digital marketing? I'm talking marketing of the digital. No, I hear you. And I just want to piggyback off what you were saying. We're not throwing criticism at any company at any level of where they're at. I mean, like, there's a reason why companies raise massive amounts of money. It's because they've done a good job executing. 
Yeah. Okay, so like they've gotten to a place where they're able to execute at the highest levels. And it's great when a mortgage tech company can become a unicorn. We love to see that. We're going to see a lot more of that, especially in the next three to five years. We're going to see some companies really remember. rise to prominence and really capture some funds that blow us away. So what should technology companies be doing to grab the attention of mortgage banks? Right. And of course, digital marketing is going to be the resource that is going to be the, the most easy to use or maybe most obvious. I mean, conferences are starting to come back and that was kind of the default marketing vehicle of the past. And we go to conferences, we shake hands, you have digital mortgage conference, NMP has a couple of conferences as well, tech conferences, originator tech. So we had some great conferences. We'd show up, we'd shake hands, we'd look at demos, we'd meet people, and we would try to understand how it's applicable to our business. So we're starting to see that come back, but digital marketing, of course, is how I can get in front of people. Social media is the constant vehicle that is constantly churning and putting itself in front of the people that we're trying to sell to. So it's all about content. So you have to put out content that is polarizing. You have to put out content that is relevant to your audience. And you have to put content in that creates value and makes people want to understand and learn more about your product. And you have to do this not just once, not just twice, but very consistently as often as you can do it. I mean, if you can put something out every day, you absolutely should. There is a actually a content deficiency on LinkedIn. It's actually never been a better time to put stuff up on LinkedIn and to communicate and put stuff forward to, to reach this. your audience. Yeah, and a LinkedIn profile for a B2B business business type is the only way to go. Talk a little bit about the retention challenge that some mortgage tech companies are finding. When you say retention, retaining the customer, retaining the relationship, I presume? Absolutely. So this is a big thing. I've done quite a bit of consulting on it. Basically, every year, you know, around October, the fourth quarter, you might see that uptick in traffic. And the reason why is they're trying to figure you out. And so they're considering three things when they're doing this. They're considering, one, do our mortgage loan officers like the product? And that's a huge question that is asked in the conference rooms when they're discussing this. Is, do they like the product? Question number two, do they use the product? So are they actually actively engaged in using the product? And then three, does it make us any money? And so those are the three things that are extremely important for software companies to show the mortgage banks that they're working with so they can increase their chances of retention. And it's interesting, I think, that two of them really involve and revolve around the mortgage loan officer's actual usage of it and whether or not they like it. There are several software companies that get to stay retained at a mortgage bank simply because mortgage loan officers think it's cool. Just that simple. It might not make them a dime, but they just think it's cool. And there's something to that. So if there's a way for you to report or to give some sort of breakdown of those three variables, I think you'll find that you'll find yourself retained more often year over year. What are you generally looking at as far as customer retention all the way around? You have a lot of expertise in this area, Stephen. If you're a mortgage company looking to retain that, what's the right about, Alan reported earlier that during the process that most people feel that they're getting the right now, the right amount of touch. But post closing, after the loan is closed, what have you seen as to what is the right amount of staying in touch with the consumer? And what methods are you finding to be most effective? I think post-close is the holy grail of technology. And we have a collection 
of software companies in our borrower retention category, which is what you're talking about. And as a mortgage bank, Black Knight's going to come out with a report here pretty soon to tell us again that retention against our portfolio is hovering around 18% again. And maybe it'll flex a little bit to 20 or maybe it'll dip down to 16. And this is in a refi boom. So despite the fact that there was massive refis, banks could not retain their customers. So, I mean, like that, it's the holy grail of technology. It is like how many touches. If I knew, I would probably be able to raise $100 million for a technology company right now. I mean, there are some companies out there that are doing excellent work. They are all approaching this problem differently. And it is worth every penny to invest to figure out what it's going to take because culturally, it's also a matter of your bank culture. Are you a call center? Are you distribute retail? Are you a brokerage? What kind of bank are you? And how can you utilize the technology that is available? And it is going to be an investment. You're going to have to spend some money to learn how you might be able to increase it. You, you might only be able to incrementally improve it. But I think that we're still early on in learning about this. And we'll see. I mean, Black Knight's going to come out with another report and tell us all about it. And maybe we can get those numbers up. Well, of the things that we're talking about, what gets you excited from a mortgage tech standpoint, what is getting you excited from just an overall marketing standpoint? This is something that, again, pulling on your expertise. I'm looking at questions that are coming in from our listeners, which are our customers. Okay. I want to make sure we answer some of those. There seems to be more interest in what are we doing right and what's getting your attention from acquiring mortgage consumers? I like that loan officers are leveraging the, what I would call, Alan said 500 million folks on Snapchat. The fact that folks are using TikTok They're using Snapchat. They're using Instagram Reels and Stories. They're using those quick pieces of content that are absolutely needed. They're super easy to make. You can make really bad ones and your life's not going to change. It's going to be off the grid in 24 hours. And so I love that people are engaging in those two social media platforms and and TikTok. But people are finding those pieces of content and they're consuming them and they're making waves. I think that there's something to that. And if you can find a way to kind of methodically put a strategy together to increase your content and use some of those channels, I think it's really pretty awesome. I think you're probably going to have a lot of success with that. Okay. Yeah, really interesting. TikTok is one of those, there's a lot of concerns about technology security and things like that. So it's how you use sure. it and regulation is just such an important thing. Make sure you get some advice on that. One question just came in regarding mortgage technology is bots going to be replacing an increasing number of operational positions in the company. I think they're worried about their job. I've always say bots are a job enabler and they're not a job eliminator. Is that an accurate statement? I would say it's never been more important to be really good at your job. If you're a loan officer, if you're a realtor, if you're a processor, if you're an underwriter, I think that technology is working extremely hard. They look at the liability of human error. And so while technology is continuing to improve at a rapid pace, there constantly going to analyze and try to understand where they can lower their risk, decrease their liabilities, and increase their efficiencies. That's one of the measuring sticks that technology companies should have and as far as their retention power is their success of being retained by their customers is what value are using to reducing costs legitimately. Absolutely. I would say that goes into the funnel of does it make me money? So yeah, if you're a technology company that creates gross efficiencies for a mortgage bank, therefore saving them money, therefore helping them make more money. Yeah, that's a pretty high retention KPI that I would put on the front of any report that I submitted at any time. 
like, hey, by the way, I saved you X amount of dollars this month. You're welcome. I think that's such an important part. Alan, I'm thinking of our good friend, David Kawada, who's got a great product, Docket, out there. Again, I'm thinking of people also outside of the current paradigms that are out there. So we need to be looking beyond that. And Alan, you seem to be up on this as much as anybody. We've got a question coming in for you. What are you seeing and what do you agree with what saying and what would you add to this? Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what Stephen's saying. I mean, I think that there's more room for marketing. I think there's no loyalty right now as far as post-closing, right? You, you work with borrower. I think you may work with the family, but then that tails off and you're on the hunt. And so what is the maintenance and what is the know your customer content that you can continue to maintain a relationship? I think that's important. And I think as consumers, right, we're kind of bombarded with all kinds of communication. So it's got to be the right kind. It can't just be the same level of communication you had during the loan process. And then it also comes down to marketing with your brand. But David, I want to back up a second. When we talked a moment ago about bots and all that, our industry has been working with bots for so long and like bots is only one part of it think of rpa look at all the automated document classification and and underwriting that happens or initial underwriting the exception-based processes that we create from all the automation that we built that's all ai that's all bot driven so we're definitely far down the drive of getting on the highway of being a bot-centric type of industry. We're very close to that. I'm looking at the clock. The time for this flies by when we do these interviews. A lot of questions coming in, Stephen, regarding what is the disruptor? Going back to what a lot of people tuned into this podcast for was how we titled it is, what is disruption? Where is it coming from? Take us out. Wrapped up the podcast, really saying the greatest amount of disruption coming out of nowhere will be what? In your opinion, the greatest disruptor, I just had to audit my business stack, if you will, my technology stack that I use. And I'm extremely receptive to try just about anything. And I had to do that because I was like, how much money am I spending on all these like $50, $15, $75 pieces of technology yep. to improve my business? And so I would encourage a couple of things. We're talking about disruption. I would identify the problem or whatever challenge that you're up against. If you look two years back, you're still dealing with that. And I would immediately try to find a piece of technology to solve it. Disruption doesn't have to be necessarily a huge phenomenon, but there are a lot of products and resources out there that can absolutely change the course of your business, increase your efficiencies, and help you stay more focused and grow your business. So I don't think it's necessarily one thing. Some of us do a real poor job of managing our time. Some of us need more leads. Some of us need more marketing resources, more tools to encourage us to shoot videos and to use that to network or social media in general. There's lots of things out there to help us stay more active. So I think it's very interpersonal. And this is at the individual level, all the way up to the enterprise bank, that these problems are being addressed with technology. And I know there's a lot of resources out there and it's real busy. But again, David, that's why I put together this tool, because I think it's going to be extremely helpful so that people can find the right things and start to inject that into their business and personal life. And Yeah, good. How can people get a hold of you and learn more about what you're doing and follow you and your wisdom? Absolutely. My name is Stephen Cooley. My company is called Artverse Math. We just rolled out a Captera for a mortgage technology. It is called mortgageadvisortools.com. You can go to YouTube and look up Mortgage Advisor Tools and check out our awesome commercial had about 4,000 views in the last two and a half weeks. And it's an awesome piece of content that kind of tells you exactly what we do. 
But yeah, you can get a hold of me, Stephen at artsversemath.com. Would love to talk to anybody about whatever. Happy to help. And uh, David, I really, really appreciate you allowing me to be on the show again. And uh, this is a lot of fun. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. Well, a lot of great information floating around your head, but I love what you're doing. And this a comparison tool that you could have, it's, it's a great value and a great service for the industry. Appreciate you being here with us again today. Sure. Look forward to having you back. Appreciate it. Check it out, folks. We also put all the links to uh, Stephen's information in our show notes. And be sure to check it out. Also, next week, we've got Jason coming in. He's EVP of The Money Source. Really excited to have Jason on. I've met with him in their offices. We're going to talk a lot about servicing. That's going to be a topic. You say, does that have to do with technology? Well, it's getting to be more and more technology. So Jason does a great job. The whole Money Source group do a great job on their subservicing. They have a lot of clients moving off of other systems onto the Money Source system. So be sure to tune in next week as we dial into the topic of servicing and all that's going on at The Money Source. Appreciate you being here. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, the CMLA, Indicom, Incelerate, Mobility, MMI, and Modex, MBA, KnowledgeCoop, Lenders One, and the Mortgage Collaborative. Folks, good to have you with us. Appreciate you all very much. Have a great week, and look forward to having you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.